This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers here in Bentonville, Arkansas. I'm here with, with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Again. Hello. And uh, uh, today's topic, you know, as, as most topics, uh, kind of come to us out of life, out of uh, challenges, out of experiences, and, and uh, whatever's kind of burning in our, in our hearts. And we, we if we're learning something... We uh, we think that there's probably some of you out there who need to learn the same thing. So, so today uh, today's topic is 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 kind of uh, the best way I can describe it is. Let me set it up this way. We uh, we have different situations we come into, and uh, and Rocky, you've always said that the thing that you caution us as as the forefather of this ministry and the the elder of this ministry is to watch out for division and diversion. Mm-hmm. The enemy hates what we're doing, and, yeah. and if he can come and get in the middle of it, he'll do it. But sometimes he does it through us. <laughs> we're our worst enemies. We he does agree it with through him. great people who are trying. We end up being the ones that he uses to do the work, which yeah. is which is horrible. And and one way he does it, unfortunately, is through our tongues mm-hmm. and through our words. And 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 you have uh, are really good to kind of see that. And catch it, and you see it in yourself, and, yeah. and you call it out on your own in yourself. But you you help other help me see it, and in, in me, I and you know, in, in the more we start paying attention to that stuff, mm-hmm. we can snuff it out. We can be aware of the devil's schemes. I think so. So that's kind of the the topic that was burning on our hearts today. What? How would you set it up any any more than that? Well, other than the fact that I think the people that have hurt me the most have been Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think a lot of it has been judgmentalism and criticism and uh, slander, mm-hmm. uh, gossip in the form of prayerful concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to pray about so and so, and have you heard? And go to the next step of gossip, slander, and distribution. Mm-hmm. And I and I see that, and I and I and I, I it's an antithesis of Jesus. It just is not the way he is. And if we want to grow in our relationship with him and grow to be like him, then there, there are things of our old life and of this world that, that have to be purged from us. Hmm. And it's uh, the purging, he's going to do purging of our life. He's going to make it miserable, make us miserable. And, and honestly, I think that I'm guilty. I, I'm not one that can cast the first stone here about somebody who has slandered somebody. Because mm-hmm. if I throw that stone, it's going to hit me. Mm. But what happens is that we grow. We grow up spiritually. And, and if we don't grow up in the area of our tongue and in the area of criticism um, and feeling that we can judge somebody else as wrong and compare them to us as the gauge... If we don't grow about beyond that, then we're going to hinder our relationship with Christ. We're going to hinder our spiritual growth. We're going to not be able to be faithfully used by Him because we're not ready. Mm. And so we have to release the old ways that we had. And one of those is the issue of the tongue, the issue of 
uh, criticism and judgmentalism of other people. And uh, it's just uh, insidious, honestly. And gossip is an example. It does not just get limited to one person. It starts from one to one, and then it goes exponentially outward to others. Mm -hmm. And the story and the narrative continues to get rewritten, and whatever semblance of truth it once had is no longer there. It's now something even worse. Have you ever been the target of that kind of criticism? I, I, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I I know. <clears throat> I know what it's like, and I know how it's used. I know how, it's, how it was inspired. And uh, and I think that's one thing that's made me look at my own life and say, I, I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be a part of that. And, and then as a mentor, as a man who is trying to lead other men and women into a deeper walk with Christ and even to the point where they're able to be used by him as servant leaders, I'm going to address that area uh, quite frankly in their life. If I hear it or see it, I'm going to speak directly to it because I know it's going to hurt them. It hurts them deeply. It hurts their, their relationship with Christ because it creates a hindrance. It hurts their ability to minister to other people. It hurts their spiritual growth, and it's just a critical area. And you're talking about a situation where you're sitting in a conversation, you're hearing one other person or two other people talk about something, and you start hearing this slander or judgment, criticism, and you just see it, and and it just a red flag kind of goes up, like this is this is not who they want to be talking like this. Well, it's several things, Brian. It could be that, you know, that I see other people, observe other people, but it's when people talk to me. Yeah. When somebody comes to me critical of somebody, uh, you know, just speaking terribly about them as if they really know what's going on behind the scenes in that person's life. They're judging that person and thinking, I've got a complete snapshot reality of his heart and everything about him. And I see that, and I don't hear a word they say about that other person. I see in that person that's saying these things somebody who is thinking that they're spiritually given the right to judge somebody else. Mm. Mm. But at the same time, not look at what's going on right there. Mm. They're blind to it. And that's the big problem. They get blind to it. I was blind to it. Well, and, and uh, you know, the situation we were dealing with recently was um, somebody had felt injured, you know, by by some people. And so they started, you know, then when we're injured, sometimes we kind of got to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. So then, then before the words could start going back toward the people who injured, you know, almost playing into the enemy's hand, you kind of stopped it. You stopped it and said, why don't we just get along with the Lord and see what's going on here? Yeah. We don't really know. We don't know the intentions of those people. They might not have been evil. You know, they might have been trying to do the best they knew how to do it. Mm -hmm. And you're always coaching me to don't assume you know what people are thinking, because right. we tend to me. I, I tend to size people, think size of people up, yeah. and know what they're thinking. Oh, I got it all figured out. Yeah. And and I was telling you that quote that someone said that there's always one more part of everyone's story that we don't know about. Yeah, you know, and and, and giving people a little bit of a break. Yeah. You know. What do you think about that? Well, I'm 75 in March, and if I can't tell you uh, that I'm growing up from that problem, then I would be in trouble. But I've had issues just like everybody else, just like you, just like other people. 
but I have been growing in Christ, and I have been made aware of things that hinder and hurt him and quench his spirit in my life. I feel that. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I do believe that he's telling me that well, I want this, I want, to get, I want you to get beyond this. I, want, I don't want you to join with the old ways and the old man. I want you to start looking at people the way I do. Hmm. And he's a gracious God. And he looks at people knowing their sins and yet understanding far better than I could ever understand why they do what they do. Hmm. You know, sometimes you have people that have deep hurts and, and they become very aggressive with their tongue and are, are, get, are they're very sensitive to people who lash out at them. There's, so, there's a myriad of different things out there that, that, struck, that, that forms us and, and forms us in a wrong way. And I think Christ wants to reform us. I think he wants to make us into men and women after his own heart. And we have to play our part in that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I will just tell you to answer your question, I feel like that, that we have to uh, understand that we do have a, an adversary uh, that whispers in our ear. His name is the accuser. And the accuser accuses. And he is the original slanderer. He slandered God. Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve, and he's been slandering God ever since. And then he will slander God's children, and he will get children of God to listen to him and then become slanderers in their own right because they listen to that accuser. Mm. And, and my feelings are when I tell people like I did uh, recently or suggested, I didn't tell them, I suggested that you need to understand that what you think you're dealing with are people that are saying hurtful things to you. Uh, but, and it, and it probably is happening. Uh, and what you're doing right now is trying to determine what is your next action. How do you approach this? What do you do? And I, and I heard people trying to formulate a plan. And then I cautioned them, you, you're going at this wrong. Because any plans that you make now come out of a wounded, broken condition, angry, hurt. And honestly, the most important thing that you need, and I'm telling them this at that time, and you heard me, is that you have got to be nurtured. Your soul has got to be nurtured by your father, your papa. You need to pull aside and get along with him. Let him lay you down in green pastures beside still waters and restore your soul. Let him, let him get to the point where you're hearing his voice over the accuser's voice. Mm. And then, then when things are right, at that point, now you can start making plans mm. because you're listening to him. He's walking you through it. And by the way, the fervent and faithful prayers of a righteous man accomplishes much, and righteous means to be in right standing. Another way to say that is, how's your soul? Is it healthy? If it's in the right place with God, then your prayers are going to do a, a lot of the work mm. needs to be done. And the opposite, <clears throat> the opposite of that strategy would be just rushing in with our flesh mm -hmm. and reacting or trying to fix the problem or, yeah. or 
tit for tat or whatever it is, right? Yeah, that's the Rocky syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was my, my motif. That was, my, that was the way I did things. And I was a reactionary person. Thought that I sum it up, thought that I could see the issue. I got this figured out, and I got a plan. I had my plan, but I didn't have God's plan. And my plan is going to, it's going to be tainted. It's going to have a lot of bad feelings, bad judgment, bad reaction, limited knowledge. Can't see into a lot of things that created this. And I had to I have to, uh, first of all, recognize that, like you have indicated, that Satan's uh, desire is to divide and to divert. Mm-hmm. And he divides relationships, uh, even close relationships. Um, he, di- he diverts us from our our mission. And and so I have found in bitter experience that a lot of the plans that I made uh, led to more tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the words that I said I came to regret. But I have found that when I would uh, wait. And when I would get with the Lord and let him nurture my spirit, then I would begin to see life through a different lens. I would see the people. Uh, I would feel more concerned about their souls than I would be about the way they were treating me. Hmm. And this, this, I believe, is the view of Jesus. And so to get the view of Jesus, I have to spend time with Jesus. Yeah. And so this is this is what I encourage, Brian, is you know, take that take that opportunity not to react but to act and the action is to get into the proximity with Christ that will change us. That's in keeping with the scripture that says be slow to speak and quick to listen, you know, to to just ponder a little bit and and it also reminds me we're in the part of the journey uh, where you've got to position your sail to catch the Holy Spirit. So, and that takes a little time and work, you know. So we got to we got to make sure that we're hearing from the Holy Spirit on how to handle a situation, right? Yes. So, do you think if 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 we if we analyze our life and we catch it that we're doing having a critical spirit, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves and we and we catch ourselves or or gossiping or whatever. Do you think there's something underneath the surface? Now, the devil's behind it, possibly, but it could be a temptation and then we fell for it. Could it be an insecurity or a pride or, I, mean, I guess it could be a number of things beneath the surface that's... Well, you remember Galatians 5 has the contrast of the flesh and the spirit. Right, that's right. And and the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, tenderness, self-control, godliness, you know. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, the flesh is evident, which is what? Enmity, strife, jealousy, rage, anger... Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just start looking at it from the standpoint the flesh represents the normal, ordinary man, mm-hmm. and the spirit represents Christ in control. So if we begin looking at analyzing, even symptomatically looking at what's coming out of our words, our thoughts, and our actions, let's see now, is it? Love, joy, peace, patience, tender self or is it enmity, strife, jealousy, rage? Mm-hmm. Then you will know who's in control. Yeah. Then you know what's happening here. Now, can that happen to me? Yes, it can. I abide with Christ, and it is a very delicate place. 
And it, it's going to require me every day to get up and say, I'm yours. You know, I surrender my will and my, my purpose to you, and I follow you. And then to go into the day and the challenges that come, which they're always challenges, that ask me the question, am I going to go the way of Christ or am I going to go the way of my flesh? Hmm. And the way of the flesh will get me into gossip and slander and anger and uh, judgmentalism, criticism. That's the ways of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And some people, it's worse. Um, they really are. There's some people that just seem to be there. That's their thing, to gossip and slander like crazy and never, never seem to, you know, never see it as a big problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't believe any Christian could, uh, could not identify it as being wrong if they really looked at it from the standpoint of the damage it does not only to other people, but also to ourselves. Yeah, James 3 talks all about bridling the tongue or mm-hmm. you know, taming the tongue. Uh, and he talks about the dangers of it because he says a small little word can cause a cause a spark, like a spark that starts a forest fire. Mm-hmm. You know? um, well, controlling the tongue is essential, but how do you control a tongue? Because Jesus said it like this, that f- from the words come reveal the condition of the heart. Yeah, that's right. Out of the overflow of the, the heart right. and mouth speaks. That's right. So if you want to control the words, bridle it, then you got to get your heart right. Ah, right. So you can't get your heart right if you're going to be critical of somebody, if you're going to be judgmental of somebody, if you're going to be a slanderer, a gossiper. Mm-hmm. Your heart's not right, bottom line. Mm. And you say, well, wait a minute now. How's that? I mean, uh, just ask this question. Would Jesus do this? Mm. Is this the way Jesus is? Is that the way Jesus is with you? Mm. And I think people start, you know, kind of beginning to see the seriousness of this. That no, man, that's not him. That sounds more like who? The accuser. Yeah. Well, um, I have a friend in Tulsa, uh, Tim Cameron. He was a headmaster at Metro Christian where my kids went to school. And he wrote a little book called The 40-Day Word Fast. Mm-hmm. And it was out of his own admitting that he recognized some things in his own life. So he expands this whole idea of criticism. He, he says, he says, these are the areas you really got to ask God to help you get rid of in your life, kind of remove from your vocabulary. Judgment was one of them. Judging other people. Criticism. We've been talking about that. Um, negativity, just negative, being negative about things. Gossip, of course. Um, complaining. And then the last one was sarcasm. A lot of people are like, oh, wait a minute. I thought that was good. You know, that's just funny. Humor. Humor, right. In the name of humor. That's right. So he's got a little devotional book he wrote, The 40-Day Word Fest, to help people just start asking the Lord to help help them remove those things out of their vocabulary. And I thought that was really telling. I thought that was wise. Um, Because it's not who we want to be as influencers. We don't want to be those kind of people that would have those kind of words in our vocabulary. But we got to catch ourselves, we got and we got to help each other. We got to sharpen one another in these things. Even in even in leader, I mean, we see people in leadership tempted in, in churches or even in this ministry, whatever. We got to be careful all the time. Well, I have a friend who, honestly, some people have kind of kind of shut him out, and uh, he his humor is such that he gigs. He just gigs people and sarcasm, mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
And some of, you know, every now and then there could be something funny, kind of like a Don Rickles funny, but at the same time, most of the time, it's just like, you know, you just don't know how to, you don't know how to insert this. <laughs> it's inserted in the wrong place, and it just comes across as sarcastic, you know, gigging. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had a talk with him uh, about it. And, uh, and he said, you know, the problem is, he said, I've been doing it so long, it's a habit, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a, a, probably one of the clearest examples of the, the flesh, mm-hmm. just doing something over and over and over and not challenging it in light of the way God would, would want us to, 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 to live our lives and use our words. Uh, and by the way, this man's a solid Christian too, and he's he is uh, he's right. And you can get into habits of doing that, and you don't realize it. But again, we've said this before, and that is we judge ourselves based on our intentions, but other people judge us based on our actions. Mm-hmm. And so, if we're wanting to have a faithful witness that brings honor to Christ and builds up and encourages other people. We can't just be content with thinking, well, I was okay. I had, I had good intentions here. Your intentions don't matter. What mm. matters is how are you encouraging these people? Mm. How are you helping them? Um, maybe you don't need to be using sarcastic humor. humor. Mm. Uh, maybe that just needs to go away. Maybe you need to replace those words with edifying, encouraging, building up words. There is a time we grow up. Mm. You know, I'm also thinking about a story I heard years ago about this man who, when he was a kid, his son, his dad always his he always cursed him. He told him, "You'll never amount to anything." Or, you know, why did I end up with a son like you? You'll never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. And he just always told him that. And then one day, a, a lady um, told him that he was wonderful, and you know, he oh wow, you're just so great. I, I bless you. And he's like, what was that? You know, he'd never been blessed before. So as this young man raised his, became a man and had his own kids, he had a rule in his house that we'll only speak blessings in this house, not curses. Mm. And, and it just, it's a good reminder that if we're not speaking blessings, we are, you know, speaking curses. And I think, I think we all want to be those kind of people that are speaking blessings in, into people's lives. And and I tell you, if, uh, I don't know how how it was with you growing up, but I had a father that oftentimes called me good for nothing. Yeah, growing mm-hmm. up. Wow. And when I was before, I was a good athlete, and I was pretty good in his eyes. <laughs> but I had a mother that was always saying to me, "You're very special, mm-hmm. and you are you are precious." And so I had that counteracting it and grab I gravitated toward the encourager in my family mm. and uh, and I think it also helped me to be the encourager to my family because I knew what was missing from my dad mm-hmm. and uh, and I could get into his psychology and I don't I won't probably won't do that today but I, I just think that I don't I don't know what made him uh, that way maybe he had some of his own issues growing up and that's where we tend to forget when we have abusive fathers, uh, we forget that maybe they were abused. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I was just sitting there thinking about the sins of the fathers being passed mm-hmm. down from one generation to the other. And uh, it's so easy to happen, even like gossip. People, oh, you know, their parents were gossipers and they gossip, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. The stuff gets passed down, but yeah. we can break it. We can break the curse. Well, I know that. I know <laughs> that for, for a fact. And and I think that in my case, I think that it turned me toward wanting to not have that come from my mouth. Mm-hmm. And that my kids would never hear that from me. And the strange thing about it is I knew he loved me. But I'm still always having to ask the question, you know, where was he coming from on that? Mm. You know. And, but, you know, things have turned out quite well for me from the standpoint. Even that was used to motivate me and challenge me to, you know, not be good for nothing. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds so much like Satan's voice, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. That's what the accuser does, good for nothing, good for nothing. And how easy it is for Christians and even fathers to be the be the accusers, Yeah, to take up the words of the enemy and say, well, you are, and they're hearing this. And this is where we have got to challenge those thoughts. We have to take every thought in submission Mm-hmm. And ask the question: Where's this coming from? Before I say it, before I voice this thought or act on this thought, where is it coming from? Yeah, I, you, you, that's something you've really taught me. I, I, I had no problem recognizing the accuser's voice when he's accusing me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I knew that voice very well. Yeah. The voice that I that I didn't understand is when he was trying to convince me against somebody else. Mm-hmm. Just you know something I'm th- a thought towards a negative thought toward someone else that that might be the accuser trying to get me on his side yeah against somebody else I never really thought of it that way I don't know which comes first but they but he's gonna go at it either either or both yeah that's right and that is he's going to accuse other people until we get wise to him and we start saying I'm not going to listen to you about them and then he will accuse us. And then we have a choice. Will I agree with him about how bad I am? Or will I reject that as well? Mm. And with me, uh, Brian, it was hardest for me to reject his voice about me. And maybe it's because of the good for nothing that I grew up with, that thought. But also being the performer athlete that I was and needing applause and all of that, which a lot of those guys need. You know, to affirm them, and 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 if you if you feel like the only way you're going to be loved is if you're either scoring touchdowns or hitting home runs or doing great things, mm-hmm. and um, then you take that into your relationship with God, and then you begin measuring yourself based on, you know, how you are, your worth to Him based on your worth to the world. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and all of that is playing into the enemy's hands. Mm-hmm. We're just playing right into that accuser's voice. Mm-hmm. But the problem I found with me is that I had a breakthrough in giving people grace. It was hard to understand how it had to work, and I had to receive my own grace to be able to do that. But the one that I failed to give to grace the most was me, mm-hmm. to myself. Yeah. And then God spoke to my heart on that, and he said, Son, he says, you're never going to be able to really give it to other people consistently unless you give it to yourself first. Mm-hmm. Because you've got to understand 
that your pardon that I'm giving you is a, is a new life to start all over, begin again. And you don't have to keep beating yourself up to prove that you're repentant. I know you're repentant. I see your heart. You don't have to keep doing anything to make me think that that you need to prove your your love for me, to make me love you. I know these things about you. I want you to receive my grace. I want you to give your grace to yourself, and then you're going to understand how to give it to Sally mm. and how you're going to give it to other people who don't deserve it. Mm. And see, Brian, those were breakthroughs for me, and that's why, that's why I'm so— uh, vicious against when I hear slander or gossip. Yeah. Because I know it plays into the accuser, and I've heard that voice. I know what he sounds like. Mm -hmm. And when I hear that from somebody else, I'm hearing him. Mm. That's right. And, 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 you know, the fact that we, even no matter what's going on between our ears, we can control before it comes out. Before, you know, we control the tongues before anything comes out. And what controls it? The heart. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's right. And so that's why we ask the question all the time, how's your soul? That's right. Because we have to go to the root problem. And if we're working on the soul and the health of the soul, then it won't escape through our, 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 our voice, the uglies and the bads, because it's not there. Mm. What will go from there will be good, edifying. Yeah, it'll sound like Jesus. Well, I was just last last little thing I'd say is uh, I'm thinking of when the, the I love the story whenever Jesus is uh, they're all following him and then when he says drink my blood and eat my flesh and and then they start leaving you know and then the disciples are still there and then when he asked Peter do you want to leave too and he said no we don't want to leave you have the words of life and so I think we want to have words of life and words of blessing. We want to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what this is all about, him conforming us to his likeness through abiding. That's how it happens. Yeah. So uh, I think we want to be like that too. You know, I shared with you this morning that I, I uh, was thinking about Twyla Paris's song. Uh, and I, I don't even remember the name of it now, but it, it's something to the effect uh, that there's a child within the man. There's, you know... And I think the lyrics are, you don't know, or they don't know. They don't know. They see us on the outside as strong men, capable, courageous, like influencer, you know, that mm -hmm. great armor out there just shining and, I mean, just dangerous looking. But never forget, never forget that inside that great armament is a child. Mm-hmm. All we are is a child. We're God's child. Mm. And if we ever forget the need to always relate to Papa as a child. You know, I've been his child for many years now as far as life is concerned on this earth. And I see myself only as maybe a crawler, maybe a toddler. Mm. That's all I am. I'm no longer an infant that's requiring milk to be given to me. I'm a toddler. I'm able to self-feed, but I still lack a, lack a lot of maturity. And you say, well, gosh, you're running out of time. Oh, no, no. Time's only begun. <laughs> because I think our maturity will continue on after we leave this earth. Mm. 
I think we have an eternity to continue to mature in our Christ-likeness. Mm. And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I just want to—I feel like I want to close this by just praying for anyone out there who's mm. who's struggling with this uh, topic. Well, Father, I, I just uh, I thank you for this ministry. I thank you for Rocky. I, I just thank you for your grace. Uh, and, Lord, I just thank you how you're developing us and, and teaching us and, and how you've set an example for us of how you want us to live and, and how you want us to talk to each other. And, Lord, forgive us. Uh, forgive us for cursing others. Forgive us for looking for the bad in people rather than looking for the good in people. Mm. Forgive us for assuming that we've got it all figured out. Forgive us for being prideful. Forgive us for our words that, that have hurt people, Lord. And uh, so, I, Lord, I just I pray that this message could go forth out there to whoever needs to hear it. And, Lord, uh, if anybody out there says, I'm guilty, I just pray you'll forgive them, but you'll help them change their language, that you'll help them change the way they think, that change the way they talk, uh, that you'll give them words of life, words of blessing, and that, that when they are contemplating difficult situations, that they will hit the pause button and go get with you, Lord, and, and spend a lot of time with you before they react, before they speak, Lord. And uh, just help us, Lord. We're all a work in process, but we want to be influencers. We want to be people that are bringing life to people, not death and pain. So uh, so help us, forgive us, and uh, just, just make us more like you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. me.